have you ever talked yourself out of your own dream? You know what you're capable of. You start down the path and then doubt or fear starts to creep in. That little voice says, why do you think you should do that? Why would someone hire you, listen to you, choose you? Why are you kidding yourself? Coming up next on the Successful Women Think Differently podcast, I'm coaching Tia, a retired colonel who has transitioned to the private sector, who feels a bit stuck second-guessing herself as she enters unfamiliar territory in a new career where, for the first time, the next steps aren't laid out for her, but instead, she is forging her own path. If you've landed here on this podcast, then I already know two things about you. One, you've probably already accomplished amazing things. And two, you're interested in learning more about improving your personal level of success. This is the Successful Women Think Differently podcast, and I'm your host, Valerie Burton. I'm a personal and executive coach, best-selling author of more than a dozen books, and founder of the Coaching and Positive Psychology Institute. Are you ready to close the gap between where you are now and where you really want to be? Then let's dive into today's episode. Now, if you've ever made a transition to do something that's very different from what you've done before, you know that sometimes you just, I've done it myself. Sometimes you go, wow, that felt like a great idea. It seemed really exciting, but then, <laughs> you know, uh, was I was I just dreaming? Was I dreaming too big? Was I kidding myself? Was I? And it's hard, and we don't always admit that to other people, especially when we've had high levels of success in other areas. People just assume that we have the confidence that we are quote unquote fearless. If you listen to me for any period of time, you know I don't believe in fearlessness. We all feel fear. What we need in the face of our fear is to get the kind of clarity that helps us to be more courageous so that we can keep taking those steps forward towards the vision that we have for ourselves. So Tia, first of all, thank you for joining me. You are indeed brave. <laughs> I am excited to be here, Valerie. This is, this is awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you. I'm excited that you are a member of SWA, uh, the Successful Women's Academy. You really epitomize that whole concept. You've had a really successful career. I mean, 28 years serving in the United States Army, rising to the rank of colonel. I'm deeply proud of you. Um, I'm thankful to you and people like you. Uh, when we were talking just before we started recording, you started telling me you've been deployed five times. Most of us can't even imagine what that's like, what level of resilience it takes to not only endure, but lead in those types of situations. And so oftentimes I can feel when we look at people and we we have our our category of, of where we put them, we make assumptions that someone who's achieved what you've achieved doesn't have fear. You don't have doubts. 
And I think what you would say to me as I, as, as I see that look on your face is what? <laughs> if they could only climb into my head for 30 minutes and sit next to that chick that lives up there, you know, feeding that fear and those doubts every day, they think differently. <laughs> I'm trying to get her to move out. <laughs> I love it. Trying to get her to move out. And that's how, that's how you're ending up in this conversation <laughs> to get right now. <laughs> you know, um, when I, when I first started studying resilience, one of the things that stood out to me is that authenticity is a hallmark of resilience. And um, several months ago in one of our monthly Zoom calls that we have in SWA, you, you spoke up and this is how I knew a part of your story your authenticity and transparency is refreshing, but I'm also thinking along the way that maybe it's been a part of what has made you uh, resilient and successful. It, do you think that might be fair to say? It is fair to say. Um, I believe, you know, even in the military, um, you have to build trust amongst your team. Uh, I wanted to be a leader uh, who was fair and transparent and, and that my soldiers could trust me. They can see, you know, someone who's being fake a mile away. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, I'm seeing in the private sector, it's the same thing. So I'm, I'm really thankful for that aut- authenticity uh, that I have. But, you know, it comes at a cost because <laughs> I show all of my emotions. I wear them, you know, right there like a badge of honor. <laughs> you can see it, you know, so it comes at a cost. Yeah, you say badge of honor. I'm looking at all those medals behind you. And you say, you know, you're saying that the authenticity comes at a cost. Everything you've done has come at a cost. And now you're in a new phase of life. And it's different. And so what is it that you were hoping most to get out of our coaching conversation today? You know, Valerie, I, I really hoping that I hear some modicum, some a, a revelation that gives me the courage to make a solid decision to go one way or the other. Now, as a colonel in the United States Army, that's something that, you know, we did every day. It's like, you know, you 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 did it without without even thinking. But what I have realized is I did it with a, with a mental op order in my hand. That's an operational order for those that's never been in the military that tells us how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, what to wear while you're doing it, you know? And so while I'm thinking I'm making all these decisions with my eyes closed and easily, I really wasn't. I was doing it with a large organization like the Army holding my hand and cloaking me in this invisible security as I made my way as a leader, I, I had that kind of helping me along the way the entire time. So what do you do when you don't have that anymore? What did that give you that you don't have? If I ever got stuck in a situation and I didn't, I just absolutely did not know what to do. I knew that I could turn to 
our regulations. I had something to to go. I, I could turn some pages and, oh, okay, this is how the Army wants me to do it. So I know that this is the right way to do it. I had mentors that were right there, you know, with, who trusted me and, and believed in me um, to be able to, to turn to that had been there, done that. Well, when I'm trying to to make my way onto a path that I can't put a name to, then who, who do I ask? Who do I follow? Who do I pick up the phone and call and ask, what is my next step? You know, and, and I'm, it, it's, it's assumed that just as I was successful in the military coming out and during my transition, I should be just as successful. What are you doing? You're, you're killing the game, right? Yeah, I'm killing the game. <laughs> In my mind, I'm not killing the game right now. Everybody else is like, it's a lot of pressure. Take some time off. It, this thing that is pulling me forward to do something different, it's been in my heart for years is still calling me and it's louder and I can't put a name on it and I'm second guessing everything that I'm doing because I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, so what is this thing that's calling you forward? You said you need to make a decision one way or the other and you needed the courage to do that and that's what you're looking for in this conversation. Tell me what that thing is that you feel calling you forward. I've always wanted to help people. I, I, I know that I should have been in a job that deals with helping people get from one stage to the next. As an army brat, you know, there, there are two questions that I always dreaded. The first one is, where are you from? Hated that question <laughs> because I relate. You could, I'm an Air Force brat. Right. You could never fully answer that. So it, it was either where you just came from, or or the the place you've been the longest. Where are you from? I had to come up with an answer to that. So I started saying, "I'm from everywhere and nowhere." It's memorable. It's catchy. You know, I'm from everywhere and nowhere. And I I promised myself that I would stop saying that because then that puts me in a vague space. So when I retired, I stopped saying that. The second question that I always dreaded was, and they start asking you this question at the age of five or six. I don't know why. What do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, I don't know. Police officer, a fireman, a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. No one says, I want to be an executive coach. <laughs> at the age of five or six. You know, it, so that to me, that pressure and that stress of always trying to answer that question, what do you want to be when you grow up and you don't know and the time is ticking? Folks go off to college still trying to answer that question and they pick something hastily because they need to give an answer. I did all of that. Up until the point when I got married, I had a degree in psychology in hand and my husband's like well what are we gonna do and I'm like 
topic I don't know. Let's join the army. Absolutely not. And he's like, come on. And It goes back to not knowing what you want to be when you grow up, but the time is ticking and you owe an answer. I want to help people take the stress and the pressure off of that and figure that out in a fun way. And that's why I started my company called Break Brush. But I've done nothing with it because I can't seem to get out of my own head to do break brush for myself. That's my dilemma. Tell me what that means, break brush. I liken break brush to this. When you have like a natural talent, i.e. you can sing, you can dance, you're, you're athletic, or you may be following in a parent's footsteps, that path is clear. It's like a highway. You can see it for miles and miles. You can see where the turns are. The, the, the road is wide and clear. It's, it's, it's easy. Then there are those who have an idea and understanding of kind of what they want to do and interest, and they kind of know those steps and how to get after it. But that path is more like a, a dirt road, like it's not as clear as a highway. It's a bit foggy, but, but visible enough to get on it and get going. And then there are those who are a part of my tribe, you know, the ones who are struggling with trying to figure out what they want to do and be in life, but they can't put a name to it. They can't put their finger on it. And it doesn't resemble a highway or a dirt road. So for us, we have to pull out the machete, pull up to the wood line and begin to break brush, forging our own path. And that path may be unconventional, it may be abnormal, it may be weird, but it's our own path to make and our own path to take. That's break brush. Tia, I hear so much passion and purpose in your voice. Right down to the intriguing name of your company. Clarity is... I mean, it's crystal clear what you want to help people do. How clear does it feel to you? So I can explain it, but if I were to sit down with someone, now remember, my life has been an op order, an operations order for those that have not been in the military. When I sit down with someone, I am vacant of the op order to now try to, you know, get them to understand how to get to that place because I can't do it for myself. So what I've done for myself is I've taken the safe route yet again. I, I jumped on the first job that was offered me. And I'm working diligently at that. And it is now becoming my new security blanket. And when you say that, and when I look at you as you say that, I see, I don't want to label it and be wrong, but I, I, I see some pain and disappointment. Oh, you can call it, you can call it defeat. You can, you can call, you know, I've gotten in, uh, you know, how, how did I let that, how did I let fear 
you know, talk me out of this past. I sh- if, if that was the case, if security was going to be my option, I should have stayed in the Army and competed until the Army told me, thank you for your service, because I clearly had that option. I was very successful and I was continuing to be successful. The Army was still telling me yes. And for reasons, I, I took a different path. Different story, <laughs> different time. Well, but I'm, I'm hearing so much in this, so I, I want to reflect back to you several things. First, I said, what do you want out of this conversation? You said, I want the courage to make a decision about what path I'm taking. Then I'm hearing you be very clear about the impact and who you're supposed to serve, those people that need to break brush. And then I'm hearing you could have stayed where you were and more opportunities were awaiting you. But you made a courageous decision to step out of the army to do something specific. And you gave up those opportunities to do something specific. What was your intention when you decided to retire when you did not have to retire? Well, because it was a family decision, that was one. I made a promise to someone very, very important in my life, and I kept that promise. So that was one. When I made the choice to get out, I said, well, if I if I do get out, I'm doing what what's going to fill my passion and my purpose bucket. I am no longer going to go after something that, you know, is just a job. I want to finally fill my passion bucket. And then I accepted the first lucrative offer of a day-to-day job that came my way. And I said, okay, well, I'll take that until until I figure it out. And I felt immediately as though I, I settled. Did you settle? I settled when it, when it comes to my passion, yes. When I look at my, my vision board over here, yes, because everything that I just explained to you is kind of on the sidelines, poking along. And the longer it goes, the more invested I become in that day job and the lucrativeness of it, the safety of it. But, and I know this sounds dramatic, but then you're dying daily. Let's fast forward. And it's 10 years from now. Yeah. You just picture yourself there. And you're looking back to this period in your life. What will your future self wish you had done? I would think it's horrible when you are just too afraid to even say it out loud, but I would think my future self would want me to be courageous enough to tell that day job, thank you for the opportunity 
but I have got to pursue this other thing. Thank you for taking a chance with me, but I have got to pursue this other thing. And then after I explained to my parents why I gave up a super duper lucrative uh, experience, I would, I would my, my, my husband and I who are empty nesters, but you know, with plenty of, you know, retirement responsibilities because we just bought our dream home. We would politely put ourselves. Congratulations on the dream home. Thank Congratulations. You. We'd put ourselves on a budget. And then I would, it would give me the, it would give me the, the focus and probably the energy to build break brush. I just haven't. So you have the wisdom. Your future self has told you what is needed. What do you want to do with that information? Want to, and I would want to act on it. The fiscally responsible one in me would say, stick ah, with that, you know, lucrative, you know, daytime experience and, and build up your revenue and then do it in a you know meticulous way I've done that for six months six months have passed and I feel like I am I'm wasting like I'm I'm behind it's almost like I have to catch up I'm I'm not on the right path like time is slipping away so, and I know you just turned, you know, that, that 50 year beauty thing going on. Yeah. All of that. The 50 and fabulous thing. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so I'm about to be five and five plus two, uh, 50 plus two years and fabulous. And time is ticking away, Valerie. Yeah. So what would it look like for you to be courageous right now? I don't have an answer for that. Is it smart to just leap? Well, why don't you answer that for yourself? Is it smart to just leap? So that roommate that lives in my head said, Heck no, girl, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> All the perks from that job. You're not deployed anywhere. You're not getting up at five o'clock in the morning. You're not, you know, they they were very kind to me. Yeah. That's what she says. And and I'm like, girl, you right. Oh. And then there are the times that I'm like, I want to be able to get up excited about what I'm gonna tackle for the day, who I'm gonna talk to. What place I'm going to go? What are we building today? There's something exciting. There's a speaking engagement. There's a something. There's a school to go to. There's a college to visit. <sighs> All of that. Whole schedule for the years made out. It's good. How much do you want that? How much do you want that in your life? I want it more than anything, Valerie. Wow. That's a strong statement. 
what price are you willing to pay to have the thing that you want more than anything? It's like I can take more time, set up more of a cushion, you know, work down some of the risk. More time, more cushion, reduce risk. Just reflecting back. You could take more time, add more cushion, reduce your risk. Okay. And then what? And then start building it, you know, with with that foundation in place. Even as I say okay. it out loud, that sounds so MDMP-ish. With a, it's just a military term. It just sounds so mechanical. Okay. Well, what is it about it being mechanical that appeals to you? The safety of it. That security that I've had my entire life. I'm hearing this several times, so I'm just curious if you would say that security and safety are a value, a high value for you. I would because where 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 I am right now in my life is something that my husband and I dream, we dreamt about. We would... Yeah. Uh, you know, when we didn't have money to go on an actual date, we would go through neighborhoods and just look at houses and things of that Maybe. nature. You know, think about places we would go and, you know, we we don't operate on a budget. You know, we just don't have to. And I don't ever want to, you know, well... I never wanted to have to go back to feeling like I needed to be on a budget. Um, and nobody wants to be house poor. Who buys a house and then and then they end up house poor, you know, not be able to do anything. I want to make sure we are responsible with our resources. And So what would you have to do in order to ensure that? For the level of where I like my comfort, it would it would be, you know, I would have to create, you know, a strict budget and 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 I, I don't wanna sound, you know I don't wanna sound bougie or or but the comfort level that we have created I wanna stay there. That's the reality okay. of it. Yeah, I hear that. And it feels secure and safe. And you worked really hard to get there. It wasn't handed to you. You've paid a high price to get there. Yes. And then I also hear that there is something else very valuable to you. You have a high value around living out your purpose and your passion. Yes. I want to finally be able to have that and do that. So you said, maybe if I had more time, more resources, and I could reduce my risk. 
And so when you said those three things, were you saying, if I could do those things, then I would be comfortable to make this leap and then the leap would be smart? Yes. Was that what I was hearing or yes. is it something else? No, that's, mm -hmm. that's it. Okay. So what if we go through those three things and you start defining them? Like how much time? What do you need? I had given myself a year from the time that I retired. Um, I'm six months in, and every day is is a is a task to get on the computer and do my day job. But I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm traveling. I'm doing it. Okay. So I did. I gave and myself. And are you the, halfway? I'm halfway. To are you halfway to the goal, or had you set a specific goal around what you were accumulating in resources in order to do this for just one year? Or do you know? No, I started putting aside, you know, because I'm like, hey, you know, you, you, I've got to be able to see that. So yes, I did begin to to put some of that, some of those resources aside. Okay. And how will you know when you have accumulated the amount in resources that says, hey, you got a green light to make a leap? So that's where I, I, I didn't put a cap on what that resource should be. I don't even know Better. how much would be needed. I, so I just started funnel, funneling away like a squirrel. <laughs> just putting the nuts in the bag <laughs> so I could just dig it out and hand it over when I needed to. You know, Tia, I have to tell you this. I can relate because I'm a squirrel too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just put those, just put those nuts away. I heard, I heard a statistic recently that the squirrels, don't go back and get about 80% of the nuts oh, that they no, I... put away. <laughs> like, okay. So you've been just putting away, but there's no set goal or milestone you have to reach in order to have the level of security that would allow you to say, all right, I'm leaving the day job. Monetarily, I did not do that. There, that's that's uh, that's a revelation I need to, you know, highlight in my brain right now. Um, so the resource part, I did not, I did not give myself a goal. Like if I save this amount of of, of money stowed away into a business account, I would feel good about walking away and launching. I did not do that. I like I said, I I've been the I've been team squirrel just pushing it into an account. So first of all, congratulations that you have been putting away uh because you're being very intentional about putting the money away, but what let me think about how I want to word this. When we have a need for a certain amount of security, 
you know, one of the things we can do is have very vague goals and vague goals leave us unclear about when we've gotten there. It just always becomes, I'm not doing enough. I need more. And I heard you say that more time, more resources. So that's why I asked, how much is more? How much is more resources? When do you know that you have reached that goal? And I, and I'm, I want to follow that up with, you know, there's something called if-then planning. And being that you very much like the mechanics of these things, and you, you know, you keep talking about the Army has this, the Army has that, but what the Army had worked for you. You thrived in that. You you climbed the ranks literally, and if you had stayed, you may have continued to climb those ranks because you knew what to do when. And I'm wondering if you do the same thing for yourself now in a business. If you said, if I get to this point and I have this amount, which is going to do X, Y, and Z for me, then I am able to make the leap. What might that do for you? It would give me a clear stopping point where I feel like I'm responsibly taking that 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 turn on my path that I'm carving out for myself. When could you do that? Well, I, I had already started doing it with a timeline on this job to, you know, you know, do a uh, assessment of you know, should I stay or should I go? I did, I had a mark on the wall. And now that, but that mark on the wall feels like it's so far away. I, you know, I can't see it. Um, but I do have a mark on the wall. But the resource piece, I did not do that. I can do that. Now, if I figured out what what my company needs to actually launch what resources would be needed to do that and maybe put a put a you know a, a resource amount to that and see if it matches matches up the timeline or the mark on the wall that I I put so if you clarified the resources needed to launch the resources needed to sustain while you're building and you worked to build up those resources from this current day job. And you clarified exactly how long it's going to take for you to get to that point. What else would you need in order to say, yes, I'm going to make this leap and I'm going to make it by this date? Those are the two things because those, you know, clarity in those two areas in my mind, drives down the risk that I'm, you know, uh, I've been afraid to take. So I was about to ask you about this risk. What is the risk that you're trying to reduce? That I want to, I want to maintain my standard of living. I don't want there, I don't want to make a decision like this and my husband's supporting us and then, you know, our family ends up, you know, in some type of hardship because of it. So Tia, given how responsible you are, I am curious to know, how likely is it that you would allow yourself to get to that point? I would take a measure of risk, but Valerie, that the, the other part of that is 
feeling like a failure if I if I don't make it to that point and then, you know, have to, you know, go crawling back into, you know, some form of, you know, clocking in and clocking out in, in some day job to 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 get back to where we were because it did not work. I failed. So what might be a different way of looking at it than simply I failed? I don't know. Try a different approach. Build, I don't, you know, my mind will go to building, you know, multiple streams of in- income. I mean, my my brain has gone down those paths. So I'm like, well, even with those paths, it still takes resources. The same resources that I would have poured into, you know, my my, my dream of being my own boss and helping helping people all takes resources. So the risk is not going to go away. I mean, you take a leap and you might know how to fly, but anything can go wrong. Right. Um, and so I'm just going to I'm just going to play devil's advocate here and say, what if what if this thing you fear happens? What would you do then? I would start making phone calls and finding out who's hiring. <laughs> who's hiring? And dust off the resume and put it out there. So what you're telling me is if it didn't work, you would go back to where you are right now. No, I can't. Once, once I close the door on this particular field and this particular experience, I need that door closed. Like somebody's going to have to roll the stone, <laughs> just roll the stone, close it. And I, I would just have to, I would have to find another job that provides resources, but hopefully closer to what my passion uh, is fed by, which is helping people. I may not be making the amount of resource that I, I am making, but at least I'm closer to filling that passion. So what I'm hearing you say that if it didn't work and you went back and got a job, you'd be intentional about it being a job that falls closer to your passion and purpose. That is correct. How does that feel as a game plan? That actually feels pretty good because I didn't have that sinking feeling of failure in my stomach every time I think about that. It was like, it just felt like a a new idea, a new opportunity. So when we started talking, you said you wanted the courage to make a decision one way or the other. What decision are you willing to make right now? Once I figure out what my resource magical number is, I want to match that either to the mark on the wall I already have or move it forward, move it to the left, move it sooner. That's that's what I want to do today. And then... Will you do that? Yes. Will you? Because I'm, I'm making the distinction between I want to do that and I will do that. I will do and that. And you can take a breath. I know I'm pushing a little bit, but hey. <laughs> that's what this conversation is, right? Making the decision. That's what you said you wanted. That feels more definitive than this open-ended, 
I'm just kind of, I'm just doing stuff. Squirreling, you know, stowing away. I'm just doing stuff. And I'm checking little boxes to show that I'm taking baby steps. But that feels more intentional. Yeah. So what you have done here is said, I need clarity and I get clarity by getting specific about what my goal is. Yes. Specific about the resources that I'm accumulating, specific about the risk that I am reducing. Yes. So what are your next steps and when are you going to take those? Today, I'm going to sit down with my my first battle buddy. That's my husband, Dave. And we are going to come up with a number concerning how much resource I need to get out there and start launching, like opening the virtual doors of Breakbrush. Now, what the steps are behind the, that door, that's another, that's another thing. But at, but at least put a resource number on top of that that makes me feel excited and secure and then going after it you know I will forego that pair of shoes to squirrel it away to get to that number yes <laughs> you see what it was I that's would... purpose right there there you yes. there you go that's what I will do and I will see if you know how quickly it takes to get to that number based on the mark on yeah. the wall. Do I have to keep that mark on the wall or can I move it sooner based on that mark on the wall and our standard of living and, and how we're, you know, the comfort where we are. Does that equal that mark on the wall or can I move it forward? That's what I can do today. This other thing that you've mentioned, and I think what you just said is huge. You've gotten clarity about what you need to do next by being specific. The other thing you've mentioned a couple of times is, I don't know exactly what it will be for break brush. And I'm not going to ask you to come up with that right now, but I am curious, based on your experience, 28 years as a military officer, all of the, you know, you said the regulations and if it's this, then we do this. What does your experience tell you about what would be a good next step for figuring out how break brush helps people. What could be a goal that you set? What might be a, you know, something that you're putting in place using the skills that you already have? So Valerie, it goes back to not being able to put my finger on it. I want to create a system that when people walk in the room, they're like, Oh, it's just, I get to just dream for a bit without the pressure of giving an answer. I want a system. I want to set up a system that that can help them, a system for, for adults, young adults who aren't there yet. They're, they're moving into adulting and for kids who should not have that pressure on them in the first place. Tell them that's what you want to be when you grow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? I want I want to put a system together. So to answer your question, 
maybe I need to search or seek out if there's somebody out there that is doing that. I had I had regulations to go to. I had mentors in the military that I call even today. I get on their last nerve, but I don't have that. Like who who can who's doing what's in my head that I want to create? Who's already doing that? I I would go and try to seek that out. And I can't put a word to it, so I don't know what to Google. <laughs> so I don't know what that's called. So may I make a request of you? Yes, ma'am. My request is that you start asking around, that you begin the process of doing the research of how do I create the system, but also that you spend some time quietly with yourself because you've got a passion and a purpose for this. And there might be more answers than you're giving yourself credit for if you get quiet. You may be a vessel for this system, but you've got to set aside the time to create it. Get quiet. And that chick that lives in my head come and live with you for a bit? <laughs> my, no, she can't live with me. <laughs> I've got my own shit. <laughs> but you can let her know that you know she's she's scared. She's full of fear and anxiety. Talk back to her. I see you. You don't get to make decisions. I see you. Sit down over here while I do what I need to do. Just acknowledge that it's there. Your fear is there because it thinks it's protecting you. So talk to it. See it. But let it know who is in control. I got it. Whew. I thank you so much. This was this was the revelation I needed. And I'm excited. I'm excited for you. And you're welcome. I appreciate you being so authentic and transparent. I just know that there's something great on the horizon. And I see you having that breakthrough. I see this as a pivotal moment. The breakthrough to break brush <laughs> is you making a decision. And what I want you to see most is that that decision was made easier by getting specific about what it took to alleviate your fear, your fear of, of not having safety and security. And that's all we did here. What's the decision you're trying to make? What do you mean by courage? What would give you courage, <laughs> right? What was the good that allowed you to thrive in your army career for 28 years? How could we pull a little of that? Because security and safety is a value for you. And it's not a bad thing. It's been good for you. It's been good for your family. But it is at odds with this other value that you want to live a life of passion and purpose. And that means stepping out on faith. Stepping out, you said taking a leap. Oh, where's my safety net? Ah, it feels like a free fall. <laughs> but you've got this. And whoever ends up benefiting from this system, oh my goodness, it's going to be powerful. 
you've already done such amazing things. I see it. And when you talk, the passion you talked about it with, I was like, and the name. So I won't keep going on. I just know, I just know there's somebody listening that's like, this is me. I need a leap. I need to get specific. So I just want to say thank you for the chance to have this conversation. Oh, thank you. Al. In a way that allows other people to hear it too. So keep me posted. <laughs> Will do. So I, I have one last question, which I always ask when I'm coaching. Oh, but gosh. What is the thing you're taking away from this conversation that you most need to remember as you move forward? The excitement that I'm walking away from, the expectation that there is an answer, there is a way. I'm not stuck. There is a path, even as I'm whacking away at the weeds to get through it. There is a path. That's, that, that has been the light bulb came on and I get to, I get to use, you know, the, the, the daytime resource that has been so good to me these last six months. I get to use that in a positive way and not feel bad about it. Yeah. That is what I'm taking away from it. I got the revelation talking it out and I don't feel stupid about it. That's the other thing. I don't feel stupid. I'm making my way. What do you feel? Well, now I feel encouraged. You know, that feeling of hopelessness is is it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling that you're just stuck and you gotta keep doing the same thing you're doing to 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 keep the same thing that you have. That feeling of hopelessness is gone. And now it's replaced with a level of expectation in moving forward. That's so good. Tia, thank you. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Successful Women Think Differently podcast. Listening in on this coaching conversation with Tia, my hope is that you have gleaned some wisdom for yourself. You have the answers. Sometimes you've got to pause and take the time to ask the kinds of questions to help you get specific about what it will take to get to your vision. Hey there, it's Valerie. Uh, one more thing. I wanted to add this because I'm guessing as you listen to that session, you're also wondering, oh, I wonder what happened with Tia. Well, here's the thing. She sent me an email after the session and I want to share with you the follow-up. She said, Valerie, I cannot put into words how much today helped to clear the fog from my brain. My husband and I sat down and had a deep conversation about what it meant for me, and he was in full support. We created a budget for ourselves, which actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, as we were spending just to spend without one. Secondly, we set financial goals for my business fund with a timeline to meet them. Third, I extended my exit date for my day job, but only because it will easily fuel my dream and my thought process around the why has shifted. It's getting after that risk factor I was so worried about. In the meantime, I will work to build the brand, the logo, the website, the system, 
and do the research for Break Brush. Let's go. <laughs> You're a true blessing. You're a Swister for life, Tia. <laughs> Swister is the term that everybody in our Successful Women's Academy loves to use to describe members of the Academy. Listen, I'm so glad that you got to listen in on that coaching session. I believe so wholeheartedly in the power of coaching, not only because I've been coaching for more than two decades and have really dedicated so much of my life to improving coaching and infusing the research of positive psychology into it, but because coaching has changed my life too. So I'm glad I was able to share with you, and I'm so grateful to Tia for being so open and willing to let all of us listen in on that coaching session. If you've ever thought about coaching for yourself, check out the CAP Institute at capinstitute.com. And if you're thinking about becoming a member of SWA because you just want to grow more personally, go to valerieburton.com and click on membership to get all the details. Anyway, I just wanted to give you that update. We'll keep having updates about Tia. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Successful Women Think Differently podcast. Remember, how far you go is largely determined by how much you're willing to grow. Thank you so much for listening. My goal with this podcast is to give you bite-sized strategies to help you close the gap between where you are and where you really want to be. But if you're looking for some more in-depth help, then I invite you to join us in the Successful Women's Academy. Each month in SWA, I give you the tools you need to coach yourself to conquer the fears, habits, and distractions that threaten to get in the way of your biggest dreams, sabotage your joy, and keep you from being the best version of yourself. You can find out more by visiting ValerieBurton.com forward slash SWA. I'll see you in the next episode of the Successful Women Think Differently podcast. podcast.